out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Where's Jesus? Well, we're going to go straight to the point. We're going to see Jesus straight away here. This sermon's all about Jesus. Uh, it's verse 15 that I'd like us to look at. And now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We have good news here for all people. It's good news and the good news is, is that a saviour has come into the world. This uh, good news that Jesus is talking about is about a saviour. And we have three things in the text. We have a, a saviour needed, a, a saviour promised and a saviour proclaimed. A saviour needed, a saviour promised and a saviour proclaimed. Now, you may ask, I, I can see a, a, a saviour promised because it says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I can see a, a, a saviour proclaimed because it says, repent and believe the gospel. But I can't see a saviour needed. Well, you see, when Jesus preached, he preached to people who had had the Old Testament through their lives. They'd been brought up in the Old Testament and they'd been brought up with the, the ceremonies through the Old Testament. So when he preached, a time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, they would know what he was talking about. But we don't. Now, if last year, or say seven years ago, I went around saying, a cure has been found, a cure has been found, and in all the newspapers, the headline was, a cure has been found. The question would be, a cure for what? because we don't know what the cure is about. But if last year, in, say, August, in all the newspapers it said a cure has been found, then everyone would say, hooray, because we want a cure for COVID, because we know what the cure is for. So when Jesus here is saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel, the people are prepared. The people know what he is talking about. And you see, we need to get up to spec with the people at that time. So what was uh, the need for the saviour? Why did they need a saviour? Why did they uh, need this time to be fulfilled? Why did the kingdom of God have to come? Why do we, why did they have to repent and believe in the Saviour. Well, for good news, it's bad news. And the good news is that which overtakes the bad news. The good news that a cure is here overtakes the bad news that there's COVID and that there's a horrible thing going around and it needs to be dealt with. Well, the, the people of God knew that. They knew that there was a horrible thing in the world they knew that they were part of the problem. They knew right from the beginning of their scriptures that human beings had fallen from God and that because of that, sin had entered the world and because of sin, death. They knew that. They knew it personally. They knew it intimately. And on top of that, throughout reading the Old Testament, they were told about their plight and themselves. 
you know, when, when we want to go out, we want to look the best, especially if you've got a wife and she will say to you, why are you wearing that shirt? And you say, well, I, I like it. And she look at you and you say, mm. and then she say, what are you doing with your hair? And I say, well, I can't do much with my hair. And then she'll say, have you washed? And I say, yes. And then she look at you and she say, I'm not sure, go upstairs. And then we go upstairs and then we come down. And before we go to our wife, who is the judge, that is always right, we look at the mirror to check. And the light is on because it's no good looking in the mirror in the dark. You look in the mirror and you see, is there dirt here? Is there dirt there? The people of God, the people that spoke or Jesus spoke to, were full of the Old Testament. And the Old Testament was a mirror showing them what they were like. The Old Testament showed them where their sins came from and what their sins were. It showed them that they had a need. It showed them that they were lost like sheep gone astray. It showed them that they needed a shepherd to, to bring them up. They needed to sing that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As long as they had a shepherd, they would not want, but they were lost. Every one of us goes to our own way. They were also told in the scriptures that their lives are empty. Vanity, vanity, everything is empty. The, the waters flow and the waters flow back and life stays the same. Our lives are empty without God. The, the scriptures taught these people that they were rebels, that they were living without God, that they were living for themselves, that their heart was deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? One moment they were praising God and the next minute they were committing the most awful thoughts and sins with their mind and with their hands. The scriptures told them and, and reminded them that they had this need. They were captives of sin. Just like the people of God had been taken into Egypt, so they knew that they were captives to sin. Fast bound in sin and nature's night. They were lost and they needed somebody to save them. Now, if, if I went into a room and I said, I've got a key, then you say, okay, that's good. But if I went into a room and there was a man chained in the corner and I said to him, I've got a key, he's going to want to know, is that key going to open my chains? If I go into a room of people who are sick saying, I have a cure, they will say, have you got a cure for my disease? The people of God knew they had a problem, knew that there was no goodness in any of them. From the top of their head to, to the tip of their toe, there was no goodness in them, but there was sin and wickedness and evil. When they tried to do good, they couldn't do it. They were false and they were full of sin. They knew they had a need. Now we as, we who are Christians are to pray and we're to pray that, that people see their need because they're never going to come to Christ unless they see their need. They're never going to come to the shepherd unless they know that they're a sheep and that they are lost. They're never going to seek the good physician unless they know that they have a, a heart that is beyond help from this world. They will never go to God unless they realise that they've gone from God. And we're to pray for God to move people. 
when Jesus came, he came to the people who walked in darkness as a great and absorbing light. The time is fulfilled. The people had been waiting for a Messiah. They'd been waiting for a saviour. Many times they'd had pictures in the Old Testament of someone who was raised up to save the people and they were saved for a short time and then that saviour, that judge would die and then the people would go back, slinking back into sin and then God would raise another saviour and then they would be brought out from their enemies and then that man would rule for a time and then they would die and then they would sink back into the sin. The people of God were waiting. They were waiting for the promise of the Saviour who would reign and his kingdom would have no end of the seed of David. The promise that was given to David, from your seed shall come one who shall reign forever and ever. They were waiting for this Messiah. They were waiting for someone to reign for them because they couldn't rule themselves. They needed a king. They needed somebody who could lead them. The promises in, in Scripture, a saviour promised. They knew they had a need. They knew that there was a promise of, of a saviour that was to come. Right back in the beginning, in the first book, as soon as Adam and Eve fell, the Lord promised a saviour. The seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent and he himself shall be bruised. A saviour. A saviour who would come from the woman, a virgin birth. And he would be injured, destroying the works of Satan. Adam and Eve knew this. And when they had a child, they named him Cain. For I have gotten a man from the Lord. And when they had the second son, Abel, they called him Abel. Which means a vapour. Because he was nothing. Because all their hopes were pinned on the first. Is this first one the saviour? This is the man God has given us, our firstborn. He will save us. And yet, Cain slew Abel. But they had another. They had a replacement, Seth. And through the line of Seth, we read that the Saviour comes. And then we, we have the, the promise that goes to Abraham. There is Abraham living a, a godless life and God speaks to him and takes him out to Ur of the Chaldees. And there is Abraham and God promises that Abraham, all nations should be blessed in your name. And Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And then Abraham was told that he was to have a son. And this son would be the one through the line, the son of the promise. And he had Isaac, his Isaac. And God said, take your son, your only son. Take him to a mount that I shall show you and sacrifice him to me. And Abraham, knowing that this son could not die because he was the line through whom the Messiah would come, took him up. And when the son said, we have kindling and, and we have sticks, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide a lamb for the sacrifice. And just before he was to slay his son, God stopped him. And there was a ram in the thicket. And Isaac went down with his father. And then Isaac had Jacob and the promise was repeated to Jacob. 
through these fathers, the promised saviour was to come through that family. And then we had Moses. Moses, the great man of God that loved God, that walked with God, that God called his friend. And Moses, Moses was to die because he sinned. And he was to die on the Mount Nebo. And then he preached his last great sermon, Deuteronomy, a huge sermon. And in it he said in chapter 18 that God will provide another, like unto Moses, a prophet that looks at God face to face. And when John the Baptist came out of the wilderness, they said, are you the prophet? Are you the promised one? You see, the people were waiting. They were waiting for a saviour that had been promised. And then the sin, the sin that the people had. They were told that if they'd sinned, they were to take a, a lamb and they were to place their hand on it and they were to confess their sin and the high priest would slay the lamb and the lamb would die in their place. And morning and evening, lambs would be slain for the sins of the people. And then on the day of Passover, we know that the firstborn was to die in, in the whole of that place of Egypt. And yet, if you took a lamb, a pure lamb, and checked it over for a certain number of days and was sure that it was a whole and it was fine, and you slayed it, and you took the blood and you put it on the sides of the doorpost and on the top, the avenger of blood would pass by. The lamb died as a substitute. Now we know that when Abraham took Isaac, Isaac said, where is the lamb? And God, we were told by Abraham, would provide a lamb. But it was a ram that was provided, not a lamb. Because many centuries later, in the same place, John the Baptist looked at Jesus Christ, the fulfilment of the promises the prophet, the priest, the king. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Not just the Jews, but all peoples, all nations shall be blessed, just as in the promise to Abraham. All the people, whoever trusts in the name of the Lord, will be saved. Whoever puts their hand on Jesus Christ, the Lamb, and confesses their sin and forsakes it, they will be saved because he is the spotless Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. We have a saviour needed, we have a saviour promised. And Jesus came and he said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. I am here, I have come. I am the one that has been promised. They have written to me of me in that book. Here I am. I have come. Repent and believe the good news. We have a saviour needed. A saviour promised all through the Old Testament. And then we have a, a saviour proclaimed. The saviour is proclaimed. Jesus Christ is the only way. And he tells that. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent 
and believe in the gospel. No, no two ways, no three ways to God. There is one way to God. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. He is the Saviour, the, the only way to God. The time is fulfilled. God was preparing the people. He was preparing them through, through signs and through types. He was showing them through the Old Testament that they needed somebody. And they needed somebody who would always be there, who would never go. You know, in, in the Old Testament, when the people went over the Jordan and they were settled, they had cities of refuge placed around in strategic places. And if you committed a, a, a crime by accident, you could run to this city and you could hide in this city. And then you'd have to tell them, look, I'm being chased by the next of kin from this person that I've, I've killed by mistake. And, and they're out for my blood. And then they would try you and, and check you. And if they find you innocent, you may stay inside the city. You were safe inside the city. As long as that high priest was alive, you were inside the city safe. But when the high priest died, then your sin was removed and you could go outside. And you would hope that the avenger would have taken the law seriously and not attack you on your way home. But if you were in the city, as long as the high priest was alive, the Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest who has ascended into heaven and is sat at the right hand of the Father. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He will never die. So our sins, though they be as scarlet, will be made as wool. Why? Because he has died and paid the penalty for our sins and has raised again for our justification. And he sits there, never dying. We are in God's city. And we never need go out because our high priest is always alive. The Old Testament has pictures of Christ left right and center. There was Jonah, a prophet. And this prophet was in love with the people of God, or so he thought. But he didn't like anyone outside the people. And when God said, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to her of her sins, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go because he knew that God was sending him because they were to be forgiven. And he didn't want that to happen. So he got on a boat and went to Tarshish, opposite direction. And God had ordained that he was to preach to them. And he was their means of salvation. But he was going away. And he slept. He was content. He had no qualms. And aside, I, I find it difficult when people say, I had peace when they make a decision. Jonah had peace. He was asleep with peace and yet he was running from God it's not peace that we base our decisions on it's it's the truth and then he comes up because they get him out and they say are you are you afraid come on wake up and he tells them that he is the fault and he doesn't then repent you notice he doesn't repent and pray to God to stop the storm he says throw me overboard Throw me overboard and then the storm will cease. You see, Jonah will die 
rather than go to Nineveh. He will give his life rather than these wicked people who are the enemies of his people would be saved. So he says, throw me in the water so that giving his life, the people of Nineveh would die, but the sailors would be saved. So they throw him overboard. But God had ordained a fish to save him. And the fish swallows him up so he doesn't drown. Because he's a land lover, he can't swim. And in the belly of the fish, after a number of days, he grudgingly admits that salvation is of the Lord. And then the fish sicks him up onto the land and he goes to Nineveh to preach. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he was asked to give a sign, said, no sign shall I give you but the sign of the prophet Jonah. As Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale and three nights, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. But a greater than Jonah is here. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ is, is pictured in, in types, in symbols, all through the Old Testament. And when he went preaching in Galilee, the people would have understood. They'd have been waiting for this Messiah. Are you him or should we wait for another? That's what they said to John, because when John came, it was a phenomenal. They had no noise from God, no sound from God for 400 years. And then suddenly John came preaching this baptism, dressed like, like Elijah, speaking and, and being strange and asking people to repent. And the people heard him gladly and thousands of people were repenting. And the, the Pharisees and the scribes were afraid. They thought, is this the one? So they sent them. And John said, I am not the one. I'm not worthy to unlatch his, his shoelace, his sandal. The one that comes after me is greater than I. And then he saw his cousin, the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The sins of the world, not just a nation. Jonah only wanted his people saved. He didn't want the Ninevites saved. But here comes Christ, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus is, is saying to them and he's saying to us that we need to repent and we need to believe. Repent means to turn, to have a change of mind. Uh, if ever we want to go somewhere, we've got our left foot and our right foot. And in those days, if we wanted to get anywhere, we'd use our left foot and our right foot. I got the foot wrong there, didn't I? No one could see it because I was behind the podium. We got our left foot and our right foot, and we use both of them. If we only use one foot, we don't go very far. When we breathe, we breathe in and we breathe out. If we only breathe in, we will die. If we only breathe out, we will die. To live, we must breathe in and out. To be saved, we must repent and believe the gospel. Repentance is our left foot. 
Belief is our right foot. Repentance is breathing out. Belief is breathing in. We do both. We proclaim both. Not one, but both. And here is Jesus saying, you need to turn away from the way you were going. You need to turn back to God. You need to say sorry to God because you can't come back to God unless you apologise and say sorry to him. Well, how can I say sorry to God? I haven't got a gift big enough to, to, to thank him and, and to say sorry and to make amends for all I've done. <gasps> Look at me. Look at me on the cross. Look at my side. Look at my arms. Look at my life. Look at what I've done for you. I am your sacrifice. I am your lamb that will take away your sin forever. But, but then I, I won't be able to live for God because I know I'll make mistakes and I'll fall and I'll be back in the same place. There once was a man and his name, see if I can remember this chap's name now, this man was a tinker and his name was John and he was a, a hackster. This is the 18th century now, we're going back 200 odd years. He was a huckster. That means he sold anything. And he'd have a big bag on his back with little things on there, sort of like John Bunyan. And he'd walk around selling things. And, and he was converted and he wanted to join the church. So he, he went to the church and he said, I'd like to become a member. And the church said, okay, um, you'll have to give some kind of confession of faith to say why, you know, why you believe and what you believe. And he says, okay, this is my, my statement. I am nothing at all. Jesus is my all in all. And they said, well, that, that's not much. It's not much, but we'll, we'll listen to you. So he went to the meeting and they said, why, John, should you become a member of this church? And he said, well, you see, I am nothing at all. Jesus is my all in all. And they said, well, John, we'll, we'll take you because Christ is everything to believers and we'll take you at your word. So he became a member and there were others there that, that were members and they, they smiled at him with his simple faith and some laughed. But then through the years, they saw him grow and develop. And whenever they said to him, John, what's your testimony? He'd say, I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all. Jesus is my all in all. And then people would come to him at different times and he said, you see, John, when I was converted, I had such a wonderful time. I, I was in rapture. I, I had the most amazing experiences of being with God. And then I went through darkness and I saw nothing. And he said, ah, John said, I don't have that because you see, I'm nothing at all. Jesus is my all in all. And then others would come to him and say, oh, John, John, I, I don't know what you've got because I, I'm so discouraged. I'm so, so depressed all the time. And he says, I, I'm not like that. You see, I know I'm nothing at all, but Jesus is my all in all. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us to repent, turn away from our sins and to believe the gospel. Yes, he knows we're going to fall. Yes, he knows we're going to make mistakes. But you see, when he spoke, he spoke words that people could understand. And he spoke words in Greek because the majority of people there spoke Greek. When he was amongst Hebrews, he'd speak Hebrew. But here he's speaking Greek. And when he says repent, he doesn't mean repent today as a one-off act. 
and believe today as a one-off act and then you're a Christian. He doesn't say that. You know, there are some people who say they're Christians and really, you look at how they live and what they do and they never go to church, they never read the Bible, they never pray and they live the most godless life and you say, well, what did you do? Well, I went forward to the convention, I repented then and I believed then and, and I've got my card. You see, that's not biblical Christianity. Repent means repent today and keep on repenting. If we're to walk with God, our left foot has to keep moving and our right foot has to follow. We're constantly repenting and believing. You know the Lord's Prayer that we said, forgive us this day, our da give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Every day we're asking God for forgiveness. Every day we're repenting. Every day we're, we're trusting in the mercies of God. Every day we're looking to Christ, our Saviour. Repent and believe the Gospel. You see, Christianity is when you stop being what you were and you're changed from within and you become a new creature in Christ and then you start living. You start going faith, repentance, repentance, faith. You start following God. You start living for God. You start reading the scriptures and you start growing and you start understanding things you never understood before and you start seeing things. Oh, I didn't realize that was wrong. Please forgive me, Lord. Please help me. And then you move on and then you live and you work and you talk and then a wise Christian comes alongside you and say, do you know what you just said to that person last week? No. And then they tell you and you say, well, I didn't mean that. They think you do. And then you say, oh, Father, please forgive me. And then you go and you make your peace with that person. Christianity is living and walking with Christ. Repent and believe the gospel. It's not a one-off. It's not, I became a Christian in, in 1973. I didn't. I became a Christian in 1973 because I said this and, and that's it. It's done and dusted. That's my testimony. It isn't. Our testimony is living and vibrant. Our testimony is us. We're living letters, day by day, read by people. They look at us and they see, what kind of Christian are you? Now, the good news is, is somebody did a survey. And the survey during lockdown was that, I think 70% of people knew someone that said they were a Christian. And of that 70%, 90% of them liked that person. So, Christians, we're doing something right, but we need to keep doing what is right. And we keep walking, left foot, right foot. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Left foot, right foot, repentance and faith, together following Jesus. Verse 15 tells us three things. It tells us, that we have a need of a saviour. It tells us that a saviour is promised and it tells us that the saviour is proclaimed.